What were you doing, Bezavaya? Well, like I told Max, I was trying to cut my way through your wire because I want to get out. Versuchen Sie ihn. Bitte. You speak German? Jawohl, Herr Oberst. Why are cutters? Jawohl, Herr Oberst. I have had the pleasure of knowing quite a number of British officers in this war. And I flatter myself that we understand one another. <laughs> you are the first American officer I've met. Hills, isn't it? Captain Hills, actually. 17 escape attempts. 18, sir. Tunnelman, engineer. Flyer. I suppose what's called in the American army a hotshot pilot. Uh -huh. Unfortunately, you were shot down anyway. So we are both grounded for the duration of the war. Well, you speak for yourself, Colonel. You have other plans? I haven't seen Berlin yet, from the ground or from the air, and I plan on doing both before the war is over. Are all American officers so ill-mannered? About 99%. Then perhaps while you are with us, you will have a chance to learn some. Ten days isolation hills. Captain hills. Twenty days. Right. Oh, uh, you'll still be here when I get out. Cooler. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up! I back it up! That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just gonna sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight, and that fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. Surprise! A midweek edition of the Wokeast, episode 156, back in the building, free from jail. We busted around the 18 consisting of myself and Kairos and Chisanga. It is G from Woke TV. Now, G, uh, just, just clear up something for me real quick. Are uh -huh. you going to be rocking G Spot MMA, your new Twitter handle? Is that where we're going now? Yes, my new Twitter handle is G-Spot MMA because somebody reported one of my filthy tweets because I have such a filthy mouth. I'm sure a lot of my c ah. cursing. I don't know which tweet it was, but I did come home from work and my page G from Woe TV was shut down. And I would like to say that I think it had something to do with that photo you posted of me working the UFC 244 event because after you posted that, my mentions got really ugly and then my page got shut down so i think people seeing me working mm. events and stuff i think it bothers people sometimes you know i'm just so happy and H doing hold things, on hold so. on hold on hold on pause pause let's mm -hmm. just give this its full billing its full glory that was part of a guardian newspaper piece basically you were captured as part of the media and you were front page Oh, and uh, front, left, and center yeah. of the article. Now, the and thing a is documentary. This, haters are going to hate. Yep. Mm, haters are going to hate because you were featured in the documentary. Yes. The thing to remember is the haters ain't going to keep you down, as you rightly showed them by them shutting down your own account or your old account, and you pop right back up. 
and I'll do it again if they do it again. I'm not really tripping. Like, it's just, I don't take it personal. Mm. I don't know why so many people dislike me. And I don't also care. It doesn't feel real. Like, people that dislike me have, like, fake profile pictures of their, their SpongeBob. It, 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 it doesn't, it's not personal to me. I just create a new account and keep it moving. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it, it is pretty sad. I, I, I okay, I'm, I'm hazarding a guess. I'm just, you know, a shot in the dark. Uh-huh. But I'm thinking that their lives are so minuscule in terms of their achievements, what they're actually doing, where they're living, no travel. Basically, they see your life with all the travel, all the aspects of how deep you are in the MMA game now. The fact that you're meeting people who are, you know, mixed martial artists actually doing battle in the cage and they're hating on the fact that you have got this far and they're thinking why am i getting these treats why am i being why why am i being treated to all this finery and glory maybe, and travel maybe and they're hating yeah that's what a lot of people tell me because it's a lot of people i don't mm. know i've never interacted with it's a lot of people that were like disrespectful to me while debating or people that say terrible things and I do what everybody else does when things get a little too heated I block them mute them or just ignore them but for some reason you know you post a photo of me that's in a documentary and then it got retweeted and people were so excited and then the next thing you know my little quiet MMA Twitter life just got upside down I mean the comments under it were pretty bad and I'm still getting some now I filtered them but it's just very interesting that a photo of me working just resulted in so much hate and just my account being targeted and taken down and it's i'm just sitting here like man i'm just having fun what's happening like why y'all so mad exactly (laughs) exactly you know for some people you know you and i i I feel need to keep reminding ourselves but for some people that's the absolute utopia actually being close up personal speaking to these fighters actually sitting cage side actually being in the media scrum actually being front and center in um you know basically one-to-one interviews that for some people that is their dream that's what they would love to be doing so you know you and i i suppose are taking it as old hat i've been this is obviously just like yourself um Mm -hmm. is now kind of like um the norm so it's like for some people who aren't immersed in that, they are really going to be quite envious because to them, that's where they want to be. So, you know, not that I can understand, but it kind of explains a lot when, you know, you put something out there, which is wasn't really um, blowing your own trumpet. If, if you if you if you remember rightly and if people actually um, would actually peep this. It was brought to your attention that you were actually featured in the Guardian I didn't documentary. Even know. It wasn't you blowing no. up your spot? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even. And, but that's how I feel about this whole Twitter experience. Like all I did was tweet. Mm. You found me. Now I'm on a podcast. And then after the podcast, I got media credentials and I have all these followers and I'm having so much fun. And then this onslaught of just like n-word in my mentions. You bitch. You this and yeah. that is. Mm. And then the best part about it is, it's like. It doesn't bother me. Why are y'all like, I don't react to it. I don't get upset. I Do you know some of the stuff that they create? Like they take my photos and they make memes. Even though like people mm. report them and they don't like them. I laugh. I screenshot them and send them to my friends that aren't on Twitter. And we have so much fun with them because they're really funny. But that just goes to show you how like it doesn't really bother me if you Photoshop my photo. Some of them are very creative and I like them. They're silly. <laughs> so I just don't get... 
why they keep doing this if the person that you're harassing is like I don't care like I don't I don't I don't get what they're getting from it maybe clout but I don't get it they're not getting a reaction from me so what is it like well I've got a feeling that this steady group that has built up is the same person they seem to have the same mo and that is one they're going after you guns blazing two they seem to be sharing the same meme but three i suppose one of the key things is it's almost relentless yeah. and it's like the same person doesn't have a day job is living out their mom's basement and that's all that's consuming their life it just smacks of somebody who is basically um creating several accounts to do well yeah and and i think those people that have all gathered and i don't know whatever they're getting from it whether they're getting attention or cloud or their numbers go up because they talk about me there's a really large group of people that are looking at y'all like y'all are crazy you know like you can see people like i've seen people that have me blocked be like she's not the only girl in the world i blocked her months ago you don't see me talking about it you know what i mean like i've i've seen people that dislike me be like enough already like it's too much and that's and because they do it Mm. so much mike i feel like a police officer again it doesn't bother me it's just so much abuse that it's after a while you're (laughs) just like no i don't care (laughs) you know it's just it's unfortunate that there's just so much negativity and i cannot imagine mike what like a real celebrity goes through because i'm not Mm. a celebrity and i get a you'd be quite surprised if i let you look in my mentions and and let people really see the stuff that people say to me and i'm not even famous so i can't even imagine like Mm. fighters that are famous Mm. and how ugly people are on the internet you know this has really opened my eyes to how people are really ugly you know and how they are really terrible towards people that are like on a platform you know it's 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 terrible but it's all good in the hood over here mike i'm chilling i'm tweeting right now (laughs) good exactly exactly you know speaking of Mm -hmm. ugly the antithesis of ugly is UFC 247 the return of john jones and it's just fantastic that you know we've had that very short break but we're back now with okay not necessarily the best card that we've had put together but come on the the top end of this card is incredible we've got two championship Mm -hmm. fights topping off the bill at UFC 247 we have John Jones and Dominic Mm -hmm. Reyes now before we get to the top of the bill um, I don't know about you but the card for me is just okay there are a couple of standouts that you know I, i'm going to be staying up for but the rest of the card is like it's just okay i mean unless i'm missing something unless you're going to um, tell me now look prelim <laughs> mr anti-prelim you need to be looking out i mean for, i'm so looking on, at the me. prelims now as we uh speak in podcast there's nothing really jumping out at me maybe andrea lee yeah. versus lauren murphy there but still go. that doesn't really get me going um I'm looking as we speak, bear with me. I see absolutely nothing. And the early prelims just look like dust. Like, I don't even know who these people are. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, no, I'm with you. I don't really like this card. And it's rare that I say that. But I will watch every single fight. But I am not tripping off this card at all. At, at all. <laughs> mm. 
I got nothing for you. So, so <laughs> there, there are no. I, I was about to say you, you, are, you are my go-to for I the mean, prelims, and for you to say it's just kind of dusty out there. Is, okay, I'll give you this. Rather revealing. Um, Andrea Lee, Lauren Murphy intrigues me because Andrea mm. Lee is ranked number eight. Lauren Murphy is number seven. I love fights like that because somebody's going to go down the ranking somebody's going to take your place and go up so that's always an important fight and andrea lee is on a hell of a tear and she's getting better and better so you need to watch out for her because she could possibly be facing valentina you never know because of her improvements she's getting better and better Mm. trevin giles is on the card fighting antonio arojo kind of i like trevin I like Trevin. I was just watching some highlights of him. He did a beautiful one-two and dropped yeah. the dude. I forget. I think it might have been on Karos's page. Shout out to you. I like Trevin. Trevin Giles, Antonio Arojo. I'd watch that, Mike. But, but I mean, even the main card, Mike. Like I, I love Juan Adams, but I, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I want to see him fight Justin Taffa on the main card. You know, and it's a heavyweight bout. Derek Lewis and. Alara Latifi confuses me. Um, Latifi is going up to heavyweight for unknown reasons <laughs> and facing Derek Lewis. So I don't know how that's going to pan out. Well, well is, it, is it really for unknown reasons? I mean, really of late, he's not had much success at light heavyweight. That's so right. I'm guessing there was a contract renegotiation and part of that contract or contract ne- renegotiation was, look, you go to heavyweight because you're going to have to do something different because obviously right now um, this isn't working out the way that you yeah know, I mean hope. you're probably right I, I guess unknown reasons was a poor choice of words it just maybe maybe caught me by surprise <clears throat> you know for him to go up to heavyweight and um, we don't know what he's mm-hmm. like as a heavyweight um, he's a pretty active fighter but he's a big dude so, you know, I question his cardio maybe. And then also, if Derek Lewis lands on his chin, he can go to sleep. But Derek also has cardio issues. So this should be... I just don't know what to make of it, but I'm going to watch. Somebody going to sleep. Well, I unfortunately feel that, you know, this may be... Um, well, this may be an exit for Ilya Latifi. Because when you think about mm-hmm. it, you're right. He's never fought a heavyweight before. And that's because in terms of stature, in terms of size, he's hardly the biggest heavyweight, considering, you know, the, 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 the murderer's role and how they actually look at that weight. Now, granted that he won't be actually mm-hmm. cutting, so there's no depletion in terms of strength. Granted that, you know, maybe, just maybe, um, this is just what he needs in terms of direction, in terms of in breathing new life into his career. But... Considering that Derek Lewis is who he's facing, and he's no slouch. Derek Lewis yeah. is a killer on the feet. I just can't. Yeah, I, I just, I just, tr- I'm trying to say something positive, but I'm struggling here because I don't think it's going to end very well for Ilya Latifi, which is a real shame because he's a real gentleman. I mean, I haven't spoken to him in the past at events. He really? is a, a very yeah. good interview, very articulate young man, and um, you know, uh, I. I, I, I like his backstory as well. I, I just feel that hmm, maybe this might have been the wrong move to actually move up. You know, I saw somebody on Twitter. I think his name is Sam Bowers. He was like actually gunning. He's the only person on Twitter that's actually saying like he thinks Latifi's going to get it done. 
with his I think he mentioned wrestling or whatnot, but he's he thinks Latifi's gonna get it done. But I think that's a hell of a shout out to Sam, but I think that's a hell of a, a take right there. I I know what Derek Lewis is capable of. I know his strengths and weaknesses at heavyweight. I don't know uh, Latifi's at heavyweight. And like you said, he's been on a, a, a losing row here. So, you know, when someone switches weight classes and we don't know anything about it, I'm always leery. I'm always going to be like, ah, I don't know about that. It's it's To me, it's rarely a success. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just biased, but... But then at the same time, I, I really don't care about this fight. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> like, See, it doesn't, I, I, it doesn't, do. I, it doesn't scream at me. It doesn't. Mm. Mm. I care only because there's a connection there with uh, a good friend of mine, as you know, yeah. Jimmy Manuel. The fact is, Ilya Latifi is one of his um, old training oh. partners when they were at, um, I think it was All Stars together. Now, the, the, the thing is this. For me, the, the worry is his last two losses, mm-hmm. uh, if memory serves me correctly, Corey Anderson and Vulcan Ozdemir, these are people who he should have beaten. Given, you know, the stature and where he's come from in terms of training and who he trains mm-hmm. with. I mean, Gustafsson and Manuel, I wouldn't say, are slouches. Now, these are his training partners. Right. And the fact that, you know, he's coming from a, a, a very world-renowned uh-huh. gym. I was very surprised that he dropped losses to both of those. So him going up to face, I feel, even stiffer competition who he came up short against right. at light heavyweight is, is a little bit of a worry for me. A big worry, actually. Very worry. And and Derek Lewis is like sneakily good. You know what I mean? Like he can be dead tired and he can always just drop that bomb. You know what I mean? Like he... His striking prowess is is to be, is I think sometimes underrated. He hits hard and people go to sleep, and he he kind of finds a way to win. You know, he's one of those like he ekes it out and he he puts you down. He could be losing the fight, and he knocks you out. So I hope Latifi's prepared. You know, and um, I don't know. I guess talking about it with you now, I'm kind of getting a little hype about it. I, I'm I'm glad we're talking about it now. I'm kind of getting. Mm. I'm getting intrigued. You you putting me on here, especially I didn't know about the training partner aspect of things with uh you know my man Jimmy Manoa. That's pretty dope. Yeah, I mean not only that, like I say, the backstory for Elena yeah. Tifi, you know, intrigues me. And it's it 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 does um evoke the old romantic in me. I tell you why. Do you remember, or you you may not recall, but mm-hmm. this was at the beginning of his career. His whole career came about because. Gustafsson um, yes. actually pulled out of his bout with Gegard Mousasi. So, you know, I he vaguely remember was a last minute right. standing. Yeah, mm, last minute standing, which which basically put him on on a, on, a, on a massive pedestal because you know he was spoken about quite highly, but could never uh, get signed. And you know, he was an he was always seen as an and also ran in terms of you know those who should be signed to the UFC so the fact when he actually came on the night you know he he wasn't well (laughs) he didn't come to lie down he really gave Gegard Musasi a run for his money I remember sitting cage side there oh um, really part of the press and and my, my, my eyes were as wide of sources because you know, the fact was he was repping Sweden, so he probably felt quite emboldened and quite yes. boosted by the crowd. But, you know, 
the fact is he was a late minute or last minute replacement but i just i just like the whole you know um almost rocky style story the fact is he came out to rocky oh, if I yeah. remember rightly as his theme tune but i i like the kind of like underdog element of his whole rise and um i think you know he's fared fairly well considering you know um this underdog story so that does actually intrigue me but as i say you know regardless of how um i view him regardless of the old romantic in me wanting um to see success mm-hmm. um i'll be very very surprised if he does he does actually defeat um Derek Lewis. Yeah, it should be it should be interesting. Like like I said, I'm now intrigued, especially with his backstory. And plus he's he's never problematic. He's not out here cutting up. There's never any drama with this guy. You know, he seems like a decent dude. I know he's an animal lover too. You know, they got that picture of him on that horse looking like a superhero that I've seen floating around. <laughs> I love that photo. He just looks like a god. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm. or, <laughs> Yeah. I love and then come to find out I did some reading on him and he's an animal lover and it makes sense you know so there's nothing bad about this guy i'm just a little worried about him but you know what i think is funny mike like every time you're cage side and we talk about a fighter it's so funny how seeing a fight live makes you remember all the little facets and nuances that you experience you know what i mean like i can hear it in your voice like when you saw connor fight somebody you, you remember it like the back of your hand and then the way you just described your experience with Latifi cage side, you can just, isn't it great just sitting down live, you know, it like, was, it was, it was kind of, it, it was Connor versus Diego Brandao and, Ooh, and nice that one. for good reason. You know, I've always said, you know, there's, there's nothing that beats the live experience. Oh my God, but nothing. I, I have to say, I have to say that there is a point where because of the experience you've had, at a live experience or um, at a live show, it it's peaked to a level where nothing can compare. And for me, I know this is going to sound really sad, but for me, what made me kind of um, not be so um, hot and um, so eager to sit cage side was after I sat cage side at. Um, Conor McGregor versus Diego mm-hmm. Brandout. There's nothing that has come close in terms of atmosphere, yeah. in terms of crowd decibels, in terms of the card and the way that it panned out. Again, the old romantic in me is talking about the fact that, you know, you're looking at a clean sweep across the yeah. board of the Irish fighters. But, you know, after that event, nothing could ever compare. But you're right, there is something Magical. about yeah. the live experience. For me, I have two. I'm, I know I talk a lot, but I'm going to make it quick. I have two experiences that stand yeah. out. The most recent one, outside of UFC 244, when I saw Colby Covington fight Robbie Lawler in, in Newark. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was there, not mm. working it, just there as a fan, you know, on a date, got good seats. His walkout song is one of the best songs to ever listen to. Him and Shane Carwin um, have the best walkout songs. Like the cra- really? oh Shane Carwin's "Bodies Hit the Floor," that old rock song. Um, the whole arena that was UFC with George St. Pierre versus uh, Dan Hardy. That was so long ago. When that song dropped, yeah. everyone in that arena got busy. Even me, I was just like one. I was just rocking out. <laughs> <laughs> Colby's song makes you yell at him like I was like you suck I've never heard this song before in my life and I Mm. loved it and it was great and then 
I saw Clay Guida versus Gray Maynard, and let me tell you something. It was the first fight that I ever booed from the time it started to the time it ended, and the whole arena booed both fighters the whole time, and it was the loudest booing and the loudest experience I have ever, ever, ever in all of my... I've been to a lot of fights, but that one... I mean, the way when Clay ran around Gray and Gray couldn't cut him off and basically the fight was them running in circles, the, um, Atlantic mm. City let them have it. And I've never booed. And that was my first time literally booing. with. I mean, if I could have thrown something at them, I would have. Like, <laughs> it was unreal. But, like, I guess the point of this conversation is, listeners, please go see a UFC fight. Treat yourself. Even if you need to go by yourself. Go see the fights live. Oh, definitely. Oh, it'll change your whole perception of the sport, and you'll love it even more. But uh, back to UFC 247. We're, we're talking like old friends, Mike, like we're not recording. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know what? That's how I see that um, the WorldCast is. It's a group of four friends who have a passion for mixed martial arts, and we're talking just as we would talk if we're to meet each oh, other yeah. or to be down, down, down having a drink. Yeah. And, and that's that's the way that I, I like to think of this: is people actually eavesdropping on a conversation that we're all having and you may be agreeing or disagreeing and that's why a lot of the conversation does actually spill over onto twitter because you know one i do invite that but two i feel as though you know we leave people quite impassioned about what we've said and i think we discussed this on the last Mm -hmm. podcast that's i feel um a key and um a great reason for having something like a podcast in that it's not just a discussion between me and you it's a discussion which you know everybody can join because it's like my takes are not the end all be all like a lot of times when i tweet i'll make a lot of people mad but i'm just like yo i didn't write the 10 commandments if you would like to just not if you would like to ignore me that's fine but what i find is people her takes are trash she's a casual and i'm just like why are you so angry it's 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 sports banter i might like john jones you like dominic reyes like that's that's sports we need a rival so why is everyone getting so upset but you know that's just how people are online and there's so many different reasons as to why i agitate people but let's get back to this card mike let me ask you a question so what do you what do you think of the co-main valentina shashanko and uh caitlin shukagan caitlin shukagan yeah um I'm a bit surprised about this matchup, to be honest with you. Mm. I really am because I don't think there's any stopping Shevchenko. She is a freight train. I think that, you know, this is going to be, I reckon, over within two rounds. I can see that head kick knockout coming from here. Yeah, and it's... and. The problem with Valentina, not that she has a problem, but the problem is is that she's light years ahead of everyone in her division. So, like, what I mean by that is that um, she's so good that don't nobody give a fuck that um, Caitlyn has only lost to Jessica I and Liz Carmouche. She has only two losses, 13 wins. Her footwork is is amazing. She's and it's true. I was watching a UFC something about this fight, and she was like, "I'm never in the same spot." As you know, and that's why my opponents can't really hit me because she's always moving. This woman has spectacular footwork. She's tricky. And I like her, but she's still just, you're not cut out for this Valentina. She's an assassin, you know, and. Exactly. She's not built for it. No way. Yeah, no, not at all. And I just, 
you know, she's talking about surprising the world and she believes in herself, which is what she needs to face her. But when it comes down to it, I think Valentina is just going to bully her. She's going to counter her. She And then if she wants to, she'll take her to the ground. Like, Valentina's not just a great striker. She takes people down and controls them. Her tosses, her judo tosses are sick. You know, and then she just, Valentina just knows what to do in every position, standing or on the ground. She just knows what to do. Mm. And I don't think Caitlyn is ready, but she deserves the title shot, though. That's the thing. She is the number one contender in that division. You have to give it to her, you know, whether we want to see it or not. <laughs> it, it must be quite daunting, though, because when you look at uh, Shevchenko's oh. murderous row list of opponents, I mean, Kashuera, uh, Yunjechik, I, Karmouche, you know, you, you Joanna, can't really, right. you know, say that. You, you you can't actually say that she um she hasn't actually been battle tested because she surely has yeah that's what i mean like she's just like on a whole nother level you know it's mm. just i have a feeling there are some people that i just kind of think are going to be goats and could be we, i've discussed this with you on the podcast before i i thoroughly believe that no one is going to be able to beat khabib I just think he's going to be on GOAT status. And I have a feeling that Valentina might follow in those same footsteps. I think she's going to clear out her division, you know. I mean, the UFC can't recruit fast enough. You know, there's not that many people out here that can even contest her. And then these divisions are a little light, you know. So, I mean, she's going to clear out this division, I guarantee you. And she's just going to sit on her throne, and rightfully so. I just think she's light years ahead of her of, of everybody that she's facing. But I worry that, you know, fans get bored with a dominant champion. Look at John Jones because yeah. of his last few yeah. fights. They've been a little lackluster fans. And meh. So if Valentina keeps doing this, I guarantee you they'll complain. I guarantee you. And I've already heard people say she's boring, yada, yada, yada. So it's kind of like uh, DJ. He was so dominant, people lost interest in him. <laughs> you know, like. I don't know. I worry for her, and I hope that the fans don't wane because she's so mm-hmm. damn good. Yeah, you know. But my money, my money's on her. It's, it, I won't be putting any money on Caitlyn. And good luck to anybody that does. You're pretty ball. So we we're both agreed that there will be, and and still uh, after uh, it's all said and done. Yeah, it either goes to decision because I think. Caitlyn's that good. I decision. think it goes to decision and Valentina just wow. Yeah. I think okay. Caitlyn's I I think I think Caitlyn's better than like what people mm. are giving her. I just don't think that she's going to beat Valentina. It either goes to decision or she stops it in the later rounds. Valentina stops her fourth, fifth round. I think Caitlyn's gonna dance around but get beat up. Okay, John Jones versus versus Dominic Reyes. You know what I like about this? The fact that, you know, we are, you know, I, I really hate to use this terminology, but it's the only mm-hmm. one that I can think of the, off the top of my head. Where we are really stuck for opponents right now. And Dominic Reyes is in the situation that he is uh-huh. because of the fact that, you know, we, <laughs> where else are we going to go? Really and truly, um, there is a sense of an intriguing matchup yeah. if I'm really stretching here. And that is Dominic Reyes is unbeaten. So he has been he's been wiping the floor uh, with opponents, mm-hmm. but and he's, he's unbeaten at twelve and zero. And for me, John Jones being double in terms of figures, I, 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 I and and battle tested at that, and with the array of tools 
And the fact is, he has GOAT status and he has still not reached his prime yet. I don't know how um, Dominic Reyes is actually going to win this. And um, I do rate him, though. I rate him in the extent that he's been trying to sell this fight. He's been saying, you know, it's time for a change. It's time for me to take over. And, you know, he's been, he's been talking the talk, but just looking at his demeanour, I really fully don't believe that um, he, he's, he's, he's behind his convictions. I really, I, I'm just mm, not convinced. I'm convinced that he believes that he can beat John Jones. I'm just not convinced really? that he can do it. Yeah, I think that he believes mm. it. I don't think he's, I think what you're getting, I mean, I could be wrong, but he's awkward. So maybe his awkwardness has you thinking he's not confident. He's an awkward dude. Ah. He's he's awkward. That what He said something at the press conference, and even John Jones was like, nice response, Dominic. Like, God damn, like, I have to fight you? Like, you can't promote for shit. You could tell that John is like, this guy can't promote a fight. Like, I'm just going to have to go in there mm. and kick his ass. But what I yeah. – I will say this about Dominic Reyes. He does have a chance, believe it or not. I just don't think he's going to get it done. But here's the thing. He's very good at countering and, and striking on the back foot. And mm. you saw it with Chris Weidman. He can catch John Jones, but John Jones has a great chin, and he's just his fight IQ is through the roof. And John Jones is the type of guy to do the research and to train for these people. They watch. I know for a fact that John Jones watches footage and he studies his opponents. You know how some fighters like Cowboy just figure it out in there, but they train. John Jones and his yeah. camp are the opposite. They they literally break down fighters and study them, look for mistakes, and 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 fight. And he's going to come in there well prepared for Dominic Reyes. I understand he has a shot, but this is John Jones we're talking about here that is not only talented naturally and a natural athlete, he does the work in the training camp, <laughs> you know? So I don't know. And I, I think John is also very annoyed with Dominic, and I think he wants to beat him up, which is great because that's going to – hopefully he puts on a show. Did you notice, like, his last two fights, John maybe was a little lackluster with Anthony Smith and Tiago, and fans were like, meh. So I think maybe he'll want to put on a show. Well, I hope I hope he does. But what do you think of his last two performances, Mike, Tiago and Anthony? You know what? It, maybe I'm being unduly harsh here, but I feel mm-hmm. when John Jones feels that he's not under threat, He's not under pressure. He kind of takes his level down to that of his opponent. You know what he reminds me of? Exactly. Do you remember um, Heroes, uh, the TV series, Sila, where... I never watched it, but I know what you're talking about, bas- but go ahead. But basically, Sila was a, a mutant who adopted the powers of um, his adversary. So it was a series about mutants with superpowers, but this one... Um, mutant, his name was Sila. He would absorb the powers of, um, you know, his opponent or his his um, right. his enemies. Now, that's how that's how John Jones seems to operate. He tends to kind of like go down to the level at, at, at well to the opponent that he's fighting, and it's almost as though, look, I'm going to beat you with your tools that you are trying to come at, at your me own with. game, yeah. yeah, and I'm going to do it better. You you wrestle? Okay, yeah. I'm going to wrestle better. You know? But how good but how good do you have to be that you can do that? 
Like people are annoyed with him mm -hmm. because what that does is kind of bring down his performance because he's he's trying to match somebody else's style. He's not really coming out there and fighting his fight. He's fighting their fight and winning. If you think about it, that's fucking talent and that's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. No, you I know agree. what I mean? I it's just not appeasing to our eye. Mm. But he's he's basically so bored with challenges that he's challenging himself. Oh, you like to wrestle? I'll wrestle. Yeah. Do you yeah. know how damn good you have to be to do that? <laughs> like it's amazing but i will admit that when john does that it makes his fights a little lackluster yeah it's kind of like what is he doing exactly. why is he doing that or remember when he won against tiago santos mm -hmm. immediately he was like i just beat a muay thai champion a black belt and it was like you did first of all there's no belt in muay thai one <laughs> and two you didn't really have to <laughs> you know Facts. I did peep that when he said that. Mm. Yeah, I was kind of like, what belt? I've never heard of this. Um, <laughs> but it does it does take away from his performance, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, And fans don't like that, but it's brilliant. And I don't know. I, I just, I hope this weekend he doesn't, like, try to counter, you know, <laughs> Dominic Ray is on the back foot, like, to just try to knock him out the same way Dominic knocks out people like he did Chris Weidman. I, I really want John to go in there and to decimate him the way he did Gustafsson. Like, he was in complete control. He took him down. He, sh he battered him. We need this John on Saturday. Yeah. I don't want to see him play chess or play with his food like Anthony Smith. I don't want to see it. True. And, you know, let's let's be mindful of the fact, give him his full propers as well. I mean, he's had the most wins in UFC light heavyweight history. 19 wins, you know. He's had the most light heavyweight title defenses. 10. He's awesome. And um, yeah. Yeah. he's had the longest win streak in light heavyweight history. 13. But 13. I... I hear you, but I have a question mm. for you. How do you feel about his pet controversy? Do you know there's people on MMA Twitter that when I talk about how good he is, they're like, Peds, he's not a GOAT. Shut it down. How do you feel? Is he still the GOAT? Did it take away from his legacy? It's quite a, it's quite a topic that I often see discussed on MMA Twitter, Mike. Put it this way. On paper, let's look at facts. I've just run through some facts for you. But let's also look at toolset. That's you know, undeniable that his toolset is one of the most complex and one of the most wide ranging. And the fact we've just spent about, what, five, ten minutes talking about, he's the only fighter, he's the only mixed martial artist I know uh, or, or actually have seen that actually comes down to the level of his opponent. For me, I, I, would, argue, I would argue that he is the GOAT. And I, I would say as well, I feel I feel for Dominic Reyes in there because you're right, he is gonna get um beaten up and he's I, I feel as though I think you know, so. John Jones is taking this seriously. I think that would also you Me know it, you know, silence those doubters who just like you say, have been, you know, going to social media to say that, you know, well questioning his goat status because of the tainted um, yeah. past and because of the fact that you know in his personal life he hasn't been 100% exemplary I must say yeah. I, I've got a little bit of a bias here having met John Jones when he came over to London mm -hmm. um, I liked him yeah. I, I, I heard he's nice in he, person he is very very yeah. charming very very down to earth and you know he, he keeps it real I felt that you know this wasn't somebody who was full of himself given his stature given his prowess given what a phenomenal athlete he he is i felt that you know yeah. he was incredibly humble but 
you know, as I say, that's, uh, that's, that's a certain bias because I've, I've met him and it's not just that, though. You have to look at yeah. the whole package. I don't really feel there is anybody who has done what he has done, how he has done it. Yeah, youngest UFC champion, all there of them damn wins mm. and just beating everybody up they put in front of him and then he does it differently all the time. You never know what you're going to get with him either. Yeah. Does he choke, he choke, he choke Machida to sleep, to sleep standing up. The next minute he, you know, he left kicks Daniel Cormier's face, got him crying and shit. It's nuts, you know, but I will say for me, I never ever comment on peds because I don't know shit about them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I don't really know how, I don't know the science behind them. So I kind of stay out of that whole conversation. And in my mind, I still think he's the goat. Like, I understand peds enhance you or they, they allow you to recover well, yeah. but he's still <clears throat> very talented and has. <laughs> a variety of strikes he can throw at you and he's very smart so i don't know i still think he's the goat um i don't call him undefeated because i follow the rules like he did lose he was disqualified but he is technically kind of like undefeated he's never lost no one's ever beat this kid so he's great to me i just really need him to come out saturday and and really just like obliterate dominic reyes but we shall see. Exactly. I mean, how how amazing and upside down would MMA Twitter be if Dominic Reyes pulls this off? What an upset. And do you think that John Jones... I feel like you're the big listener question this week. I have like 50 million questions for you. But <laughs> <laughs> one more. Mm. Um, I'm hearing talk of a heavyweight call-out, possibly Stipe. John has been alluding to heavyweight. I still think that he's that's too much of a risk for him, and he's just, you know blowing smoke do you think he calls out a heavyweight if he beats Dominic I feel he might allude to a heavyweight but I still feel you know someone like Steve should not be on the radar I think that's way too dangerous for him I mean look it is but they do champ to champ they're not going to be like oh you the champ but here's a tune-up you go straight to the top Mm. like connor did eddie alvarez like there's never you know what i'm saying like champ to champ yeah tj dillashaw went straight to henry cejudo he was the champ yeah you know what i'm saying like there is no like win one and then you fight you a champ you fight the champ so he's not getting no tune-up how does this sound how does this sound you you ready you sitting down for this there's been a rumor, oh, and it's been going on for quite a while, that Stipe is not 100%. They've been umming and ahhing. Wait, you're all muffled. Repeat. Oh, I, I was just saying, there's been an ongoing rumor that Stipe is not mm-hmm. 100%. Um, how do you feel, if this rumor oh, is Lord. true, and he is not 100%, and he's not going to return mm-hmm. to the cage anytime soon, how would you feel if... Come Saturday, okay, all, all things mm-hmm. being well, he gets through his latest challenge, Dominic Reyes, beats him yeah. in emphatic fashion, which you and I think that will happen. Mm-hmm. And then they make the trilogy happen. At heavyweight? At DC? heavyweight. DC versus I'm John Jones. For the interim, hold in. on, for the interim title. Oh, that, that sounds great to me. Yeah. I'm I'm in. Mm. Sounds just fine because that is like even more of a bigger challenge to me than Stipe. Like DC is no joke at heavyweight, yeah. and then DC has been gunning for this kid's head. They hate each other. There's no way in hell that DC 
would even even he would take that and just go at him like yeah. I, I would I would love to see that and plus also don't forget the unknown factor we don't know what John is like at heavyweight and now he's facing one of the biggest challenges of his life at an unknown weight what does he look like how does he move this cardio a factor is it different for him is he as fast like there's so many questions and for him to fight DC with all those questions in the back of my mind incredible I'd have to take my hat off and salute them yeah I'm in Mm. Well, I mean, let's just hope. Let's hope, you know, because what, after Corey and Jan, mm, what's left? That that's what I've got my my fingers secretly crossed for. That's what I want to happen. But who knows? And yeah, like I say, I'm, it's a massive. I just want him at heavyweight moment. at some point. Huh? Yeah, and I I just want John at heavyweight at some point. I'm I've I will admit that his division bores me. Like I'm just as bored as John Jones, even though I'm not in there fighting like him. There's just something about that division that I'm just roll my eyes. Like I I, I want him to either have some type of nemesis again, like DC, yeah. or just somebody that's really going to challenge him, and it's not happening. So move to heavyweight. Give us something fresh and new. Exactly. Speaking of fresh yeah. and new, I haven't asked a question. Okay, just before yeah. we wrap up, I've got a question for you. Ooh. I was intrigued to um, read one of your tweets. It was a while back, about a couple of weeks ago. And you were saying that um, at, at one point you had to headbutt somebody. When was, the <laughs> la- <laughs> when was the last time you had a fight? And was it the headbutt incident? No, um, I was a cop for 10 years in Washington, D.C., and I've had a, quite a few fights, especially when I worked in narcotics wow. because you're you're knocking down doors and you're going in people's homes and conducting search warrants. Yeah. And we're playing clothes. We jump out on drug dealers. We did buy bus. You know, we sent undercovers out. So that's a little bit more action packed. Mm. But I did head some but somebody because I was trying to arrest them and I was by myself because, you know, a lot of times when you go to arrest somebody, your coworkers chase everybody who ran and they leave you behind with one person. Oh, wow. (laughs) So that's kind of what happened. You know, like when cops jump out on a group of people on the corner, Mm. a lot of those people run and my partners a lot of times would chase them and I would stay behind because someone stayed and then I look up and I'm by myself. (laughs) So... Because I'm a female and I'm by myself, men tend to fight when you try to arrest them and you're and they see that you're alone. Yeah. So we got into a little tussle and yes, I did headbutt this person. Wow. And it hurt really bad and I saw stars and I remember thinking like there's there must be technique with this because this is not like the movies. <laughs> you know, like it's in the movies it's so clean and the person who gets headbutted falls and the person No, that's not what happens. It hurts. Like both of you wanna die. Wow. You know, like that, so that, that, that's, yeah when i saw footage of the head button i thought of it that that's one thing I, again i wanted to ask i know i said it's going to be one question but you know I, I was watching um and it's a brilliant movie by the way with chadwick boseman um 21 bridges it's brilliant i really really enjoyed it but i always wondered i've seen this happen in a lot of films they never show what happens to the narcotics after they do the drug bust what what actually happens um the drugs get itemized yeah. and and placed on the books which means you you know you save them for trial and this police station holds them yeah but if the person pleads out or if the case gets dropped they get sent they get tested to make sure they're drugs and then at some point they get burned if you're not going to use them for trial or anything cuz oh. a lot of people that I've arrested 
take me to trial, but you have to, you actually have to pick up the drugs in the mm. little seal and be like, this is what I got from them on in trial. But if you don't go to trial, the police department burns them somewhere and gets rid of them eventually. Okay. But they're stored. Yeah. And, so, but, and of course, they're tested. We have to make sure that like they're drugs because we've done locked you up. <laughs> So do do they do the same with money then? You know when they 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 they, um, they, they seize the whole of um, the proceeds from narcotics. What, what do they do with that? Um, in D.C., it's called civil forfeiture, and a lot of times we like, for instance, if we did a search warrant mm. and you could not prove that all these fancy TVs and a bunch of stuff here is in this house, or if we found ten thousand yeah. dollars, but yet we can prove that you are a distributor, we take that money, we put it on the books, and again, we save it for trial. Now, what the police off the, what the police department does with the money once the trial is done, I'll never know. Wow. But, I don't know. We, yeah. I, I mean, that's not on my level. It's nothing about corruption. Yeah. It's just not some. Once it's out of my hands and on the books, or once trial is done, it's not my responsibility to now allocate the funds. You know what I mean? But they don't tell you what's done with the money. When you're a narcotics officer, you get the drugs, you go to trial, you put people in jail. That's your level. You don't allocate money. You know. So I don't know, but I've definitely confiscated a lot of money in a drug dealer's home and that money will be presented at trial you know and we there's a whole procedure and you can take tvs fur coats i've taken a bunch of stuff and just been like civil forfeiture you're a drug dealer wow so that is true if you see that on tv but what here's one thing that's not true mike Mm. because i know since we're talking about cop shows and this goes for everybody when the cops do a search warrant on your home we do not walk in with the search warrant. Okay, that's TV. Oh, wow. What we do, yes, what we do, for anybody that's dirty and listening to this, I'm giving y'all tips. <laughs> you sell drugs in your house, <laughs> and the police run up on in your house. Everybody gets put in handcuffs for our safety and yours, and everybody hits the ground, yeah. and you stay there until we're done searching. And everything we took out the house... We give then we give you that piece of paper that says we got a warrant, and ah. then we itemize all the shit we took. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we actually write down two pounds of weed. You know because you you're gonna take us to trial. You need this to be like, look what they took out my house. But police never come in with that piece of paper. You know how people be like, show me the warrant. By the time you're done saying warrant, your face is on the ground with my knee in your back. You will get that warrant when we leave your house. Wow, and it's a it's a mess. Yes. Do not, that is TV, and nobody reads nobody their rights. I've never in my life been like, you have the right to remain silent. I've never, I don't even know it by heart. It's a piece of paper. We read it when you're being interviewed. Wow. So one of my, don't believe TV hype. One, one, of, one of my favorite <laughs> show me the warrants was um, training day when, um, when Denzel Washington <laughs> walks up there with, with a Chinese menu. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know what cops do in real life when you say that? We grab you and we put you on the ground and we put you in handcuffs and we turn and be like, you'll get it when we leave. Wow. It's, it's so funny how TV conditions people to think that like SVU is not real. Yeah. <laughs> so when it really happens to you, People really expect, like, you expect me to call crime scene for a nickel bag? Sir, bye. <laughs> like, that's, like, I'm not printing a nickel bag of weed, sir. Like, it's so funny how people think SVU is real. And when this shit happens to them, it's like, nah, bro, stop watching TV. Go to your local precinct and ask questions and you'll find out how it's done. <laughs> 
Well, that about wraps up this episode of the Wokecast. That was an insightful um, journey back into I, your former I career, just, I must say. I just help drug dealers get away with stuff. You know, you gotta, you can't let me talk about this stuff. Everybody who sells drugs is like, okay, warrant when they leave. Wow. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, until next time, make some trouble. Yeah.